Welcome to HIPAA Talk. Total HIPAA Compliance, host of this podcast, helps health insurance agents, employers who offer health benefits plans, business associates, and healthcare providers complete the required HIPAA documentation through our HIPAA Prime service. We also provide online HIPAA training. Drew Green, the Director of Information Technology and Security Services for Thomas, Judy, and Tucker, a North Carolina-based CPA and professional services firm, talks with Jason Karn, Chief Compliance Officer for Total HIPAA. Mr. Green explains how a penetration tester gains access to a client's network, the types of penetration testing typically conducted, how long the testing takes place, and how difficult it is to access the client's network. How much information are you getting from the company to start with? The only information we request from the client is information pertaining to uh, systems that we would be assessing remotely. Okay. Uh, what that means is like a host name, like whatever.com or IP addresses. And so what we do is we request that the client send us that information and we set it aside. We don't review it. Uh, we, uh, we then conduct our own research, uh, not only on the personnel, like uh, you mentioned with Facebook and LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff, but also on what uh, services are out there. And then we will compare uh, what we find to the notes given to us by the client. Uh, the reason being uh, Hacking the wrong IP address is not uh, not something we want to do. So we want to make sure that the research we do is correct and that we're not uh, breaking into a system that we're not supposed to be. But uh, right. that's that's only used for verification, not for uh, conducting the rest of the assessment. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let's say you know you have you have an IP address for a server that was given to you that you were they were going to hack but you you didn't really find a way to access that server uh from the outside we couldn't find that information necessarily out in the web or we couldn't you know from the outside but you know that still doesn't say we shouldn't go in and look for vulnerabilities within the server itself correct uh exactly we we offer a couple types of uh penetration tests. Uh, One is the external penetration test, which focuses just on those uh, internet-facing resources, the the things that you can get to from, you know, anywhere in the world. Uh, And then we also offer internal penetration testing, which assesses not only the external piece, like I just described, but also everything within the network. Now, uh, our our goal when we are conducting our testing is to get to the inside of the network from the outside and really do all of that through hacking. Now, uh, mm-hmm. our client's goal is to prevent us from doing that. So <laughs> right. uh, if, if, a, uh, if a client has uh, engaged us for an internal penetration test, uh, if we are unable to find a way on the, onto the inside, uh, from, say, technical means. Uh, I mentioned previously we might try phishing, but if that's unsuccessful, uh, in order to give the best, uh, the best view of security that the client really has, we then move inside of the network and we'll continue our assessment from there, uh, basically simulating what it would be like if somebody did find a way in. Because in this day and age, uh, it's safe to assume if somebody wants in, they're going to find a way in. Maybe they will come up uh, and 
ask your secretary for a cup of coffee, and when she's grabbing that for you, you pop a flash drive in the back of her computer that uh, gives remote access, or maybe you get somebody to click a phishing link uh, that has some malware or what have you. But uh, we want to assume that somebody's going to get in one way or another, and then that's when we really start exploring internal vulnerabilities and the impact that a breach may have. Okay. So when you're doing these penetration tests, like how long does these does this last? Well, how long are you usually, would you say on average, you know, conducting these tests to say, okay, because you said if you really want in, there's 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 a way in. I mean, regardless of how you know, I guess if somebody really wants in badly enough, but do you set a limit and say, okay, we're going to do this for you know, this is going to take us two weeks, it's going to take us a month, or you know, how, how what do, what do you set parameters at for that? Sure. So most of our clients, and again, we're, we're focused on the small and medium business markets. Uh, mm -hmm. This will vary significantly for the uh, larger enterprises. But for our types of clients, generally, they will last about 40 hours or so. We usually uh, okay. put our clients for between 30 and 40 hours. And uh, that usually is spread out across two weeks or so, since it's not 40 straight hours of hacking away at the keyboard there. You got to wait for stuff to scan and all that. And we don't want to bill our clients for time that I'm just waiting. So uh, yeah, generally a week of billable time and about two weeks to actually conduct the assessment. And that uh, uh, the billable time includes the time to uh, put the report together as well, which is generally a uh, just a small chunk of that time. Right. So with some of these smaller companies that you've been working with, um, just on average, and, and maybe you don't have an answer for this, but how easy is it to get into somebody's network? Like on average, you find that it's it's surprisingly easy, or you know, you run into some people you're like, wow, I'm I'm surprised they've done so well, and then some you're like, you know, they may as well have had the front door unlocked. Uh, it was so easy. Well, I I've seen a wide range of. Uh security, I would say, in the clients I've worked with, but the majority of them, it there, there's not one-size-fits-all solution, quote-unquote, for me to uh, to hack into them, but, uh, you know, oftentimes we're, we're having to find something uh, significantly different for each client, uh, primarily because uh, in the space we're working in, we don't see a ton of public servers. And if you don't have a lot of public servers, that means there's a lot less, uh, a lot less of a chance for us to get in through purely technical means. I'm not going to uh, be able to uh, use some publicly available exploit code that's on, available online to get into an email server that you have at, your, uh, at the edge of your network if you don't have that mm -hmm. email server. So uh, we're looking at things like Wi-Fi with social engineering, phishing, uh, things like that. But some of our clients do have uh, servers that they keep on site as well that are facing the internet. So it's... Uh, it really varies, I would say, but uh, I had there's one client in particular, actually, the, the first assessment I did was a real, real small uh, business. They had, you know, uh, really consumer-grade equipment from Best Buy or something like that, and we were able to get in pretty darn easily, and that was concerning. So uh, we've also had some clients that we've had to go through a really uh, – really advanced uh, 
methods to gain access. And honestly, there's the ones that I find a little more enjoyable since you're having to think on your feet a little bit more. But, uh, right. you know, our, the reports that we uh, provide to clients uh, will range from maybe 10 pages to uh, several dozen, uh, depending on the complexity of the network and the uh, really the security uh, of the organization. We hope you enjoyed this installment of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions you would like to communicate with our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotalHIPAA or our website, www.totalhipaa.com or email us at info at totalhipaa.com.